Hello, brothers and sisters. Um, by the grace of God, um, I'm going to be speaking on a topic. Um, the Lord has put upon my heart, um, specifically in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10. Um, I guess the reason, of course, is me and some of the brothers, we, we go preach the gospel. And of course, either whether we are in group or by ourselves, we obviously preach to all peoples of all uh, faiths of all varieties. And obviously, um, they have a different understanding of, of Christ, obviously, which unfortunately does not adhere to scripture. However, obviously, as uh, Galatians 1, 6 to 10 discusses, uh, Paul addresses a warning of other gospels. And I thought, since it's very prevalent back then and today, it would be good to bring it up today. Um, I guess uh, I'll pray before reading. And uh, I, I guess I'll just read the whole chapter of Galatians 1 and then obviously engage on the verses 6 to 10 in chapter 1. Heavenly Father, we, we come before you now just uh, thankful for this opportunity. Um, it's a privilege to uh, speak of the scriptures, Lord. Um, I pray that the Spirit guides me in this evening because it's not anything I have prepared, but your will. And um, I just pray that it just guides me through this evening and just for the brothers and sisters too, that you just continue to guide us daily in the scriptures. Um, in your name, Lord. Amen. So I guess I'll just uh, read the whole of chapter one. Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God and the sorry um, according to the will of our God and Father to whom be the glory forever and ever amen I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel not that there is another one but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ but if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you let him be accursed, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now speaking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, would I, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. However, you've heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I, might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him 15 days, but I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They, were, they only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. 
and they glorified God because of me. So um, obviously in the verses of um, Galatians 1, 6 to 10, Paul is obviously engaging on a different gospel being preached, um, which later on I'll, I'll engage on who these specific people were. This was not only occur, uh, occurring in Galatia, but obviously in the other regions where the churches were in Philippi and Thessalonica and, and Colossae and so on. But um, to uh, put the first point, I guess, uh, Paul's message obviously consistent with scripture. We see itself that in, in Galatians 1.11 that Paul says that this is not a message from man, but of God, and he received by revelation through Jesus Christ. We see also that he was uh, not only doing this alone, but that he went in the presence of other apostles who were the head of the church at the time, uh, as we see Brother Peter and Brother James here, as well as in, in chapter 2 of Galatians 2, verses 10 to 11, we see him coming again 14 years later because of a revelation received by Christ, and he went to those who were very um, well-known in the leadership of the church and presented this revelation. And of course, it was consistent with scripture and the brothers, of course, uh, guided him and of course encouraged him to preach this gospel to the Gentiles. So we see a consistency um, in Paul, of course, with his scripture, which is of course aligned with, the, with all scripture and canonical scripture that he not only obviously received a revelation by Christ, but he continued to press on in this and consult with the fellow brothers in Christ. In fact, uh, Paul even said um, in verse uh, 2 of uh, Galatians chapter 2, um, uh, I went up because of a revelation and set before them, uh, though privately, before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had run in vain. So, um, a very fantastic example by Paul here, obviously uh, the importance of not only having the revelation, but having to testify before multiple brothers uh, to see, of course, um, if it was consistent with scripture. And of course they had the Old Testament too, to take an example at. Um, we see also in 1 Corinthians 15 that uh, Paul again, he discusses on the, um, the passage, uh, of tying the scriptures that were preached uh, to the Old Testament um, in verse three of 1 Corinthians 15 uh, to verse four, I'll read, for I delivered you, to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And this is consistent with many of the messianic prophecies. Um, we see in Isaiah chapter 53 and also prior in 52, the prophecy of the Messiah coming, that he would die and that many would come to, uh, of course, eternal salvation through him. They would bring many to salvation as well as other scriptures. We have Psalm 22, we have Psalm 16, 10 to 11, and Psalm 118, 14 to 29. Those are just some I listed. Um, th there's obviously much more. There's, I think, 312 plus prophecies, if I'm recalling correctly, of of uh, Christ, of course, and, and the Messiah itself, himself. Um, and uh, another example, of course, was a, a very good example, the Bereans, I believe, um, whom Paul presented the gospel to, I believe this was in Acts 17 or 18, if I'm recalling correctly, that they not only heard the, the gospel that Paul was preaching, but went, of course, and looked in the Old Testament scriptures, which many came to faith because this was consistent with the scriptures itself, which is uh, obviously a fantastic example. Um, we see the gospel, of course, being consistent with 
the Torah and, and the other Old Testament scripts. So I guess the question arises that who was preaching uh, another gospel? Um, we see, obviously, um, in Galatians uh, 3, 1 to 9, we, we have an example. Uh, we have the people who are preaching it specifically, this foolish uh, message. Um, I'll read verses 1 to 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And there's another example in Galatians uh, chapter 5, which uh, I will read in um, verse 12, but also get a bit of context with verse 11. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettled you would emasculate themselves. Um, in this case, it seems that Paul is discussing of the Judaizers, the, the circumcision, uh, that is the Hebrews that were in, obviously, not only in Israel, but that expanded in Asia Minor and in Greece, and obviously had a great impact when Paul was preaching his message. Um, we see in other instances when he fled from uh, Thessalonica and Berea, and he fled all around the, the peninsula of Greece because of these people, not only them, but in this case, it, it seems the circumcision has a, an influence uh, upon the people that requires works of the law and uh, physical action to gain merit. But even Paul says, uh, whether circumcision or uncircumcision, there's no gain from this. Um, and obviously, um, as we see in, in verses, uh, in, back to the tying of Galatians 1, 6 to 9, and then a distinct passage I, I will discuss on Galatians 1.10. But Paul engages on this false gospel that in verse uh, 8 we see, but if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed as we have said before. So now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. This is a, obviously a very profound statement by um, Paul. This is... Obviously, um, greater condemnation on those who teach. Obviously, we see that in the scriptures. Um, and of course, there's an example in Revelation 20 to uh, 19. Obviously, this is engaging specifically on the passage of Revelation. However, nonetheless, this obviously applies as we do not wish false gospels that, you know, greater condemnation is um, on those. I'll, I'll read ex uh, the passage in Revelation 22, 19. You don't have to go there, but I'll just read it because I, I found it very encouraging that no matter where it is, obviously, in the text, we, we want to treat the Word of God with respect. We want to, obviously, let the Scripture speak for itself and, obviously, uh, not add any of our own interpretation, but let, the, of course, the Lord God guide us in the speaking. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Uh, sorry, I forgot verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone asks them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. So obviously a very, very uh, seriousness to uh, messing with the, the word of God, um, of which Paul engages that, that whether an angel or a person speaks on this, if it is not consistent with the scriptures, if this is uh, done in the flesh, he will be accursed, whoever preaches this. And 
again, we see in Revelation the, the woman Jezebel and uh, the Nicolaitans and, and so on, that these people were um, justly given justice, whether on this, this or uh, here right now, or of course in the great throne, uh, great white throne of judgment, obviously, but um, obviously there's justice for such uh, actions. And obviously, um, with these false gospels being presented, there's obviously a consequence to not only themselves, but to those whom they, they impact. Um, I, I put a sort of two categories for A, for the unbelievers, and for, for us believers, obviously this impacts us differently because those who are in Christ, obviously, we may be deceived, but we are protected by Christ, by his grace. However, for the unbelievers, I'm going to go to Second Timothy uh, chapter 4, just uh as a quick tie into that for the influence of these false teachers, um, specifically verses 1 to 4, but I guess I'll engage in verse 3 to get that. For the time is coming when people will not endure a sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So we see obviously... And, and we see this very prevalently in these days that um, that there's come a time that people want to hear a wishy-washy version of the gospel or just any anything opposed to it because they do not wish to acknowledge themselves as as sinners and requiring a savior. And we see this very consistently today, as we also saw back then uh, in in Paul's day, as well as I I guess in, as well in um, I believe in First John. Four, one to six. I'll just get to there. Um, engaging in verse five of First John four. You don't have to turn there, but I'll just read it. This is discussing of people from this world. They're from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. Uh, we are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So obviously, those who preach a false gospel and of this world, of the flesh, obviously appeals more to the people of this world, which is a, a great shame and a, a great uh, deception, and obviously, but by the grace of God, we have this opportunity as well to, to share the, the light, which will, by the grace of God, overcome the darkness. And as well to, to us believers, um, I'll go to Matthew 24, 24, and there's a similar passage in Mark 13, 22 to 23. Um, actually, I'll probably turn to that one because I think that, that expands even more so on it um, to what occurs to believers with uh, warning of false uh, teachers and uh, false prophets and so on. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard, I have told you all things beforehand. So Christ is warning, of course, the, the brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, the warning of false uh, Christ, false apostles, false prophets. And um, in those days um, that he gave the context, of course, uh, that when someone presses that Christ has come, you know, flee away from this. Do not draw near to this situation of uh, falseness and deception. Um, I think a good example that I recall was the screw tape letters. Um, I, I forget the author who wrote it, but um, that that these these um, um, 
the, the, the example here was a, a demon, unfortunately, um, trying to deceive the follower of Christ only to distract him, but obviously not to swim away from the faith, but a, a hindrance nonetheless. Um, and obviously, uh, just a final point before I, I have to cut off because uh, I'm a little expanding on the time. I apologize, brothers and sisters. Um, the obviously determining of the the gospel, obviously, if this is a consistency with scripture and if this is obviously from God and a revelation from God, which I found very important, is Paul, obviously, um, he went in front of the witnesses uh, of the apostles who themselves were eyewitness testimonies with Christ and presented himself to them, as well as um, obviously uh, checking scripture, obviously, always being consistent with scripture is a, a very foundational thing. Um, and being led by the Spirit uh, in Galatians uh, 5, we see this. Uh, yes, 5, 16 to 26, the fruit of the Spirit. Obviously, that is a good testimony itself, and, and so much more examples. But um, yeah, um, beyond that, I believe, uh, I hope that explains uh, the message of Galatians uh, 1, 6 to 10. Uh, beyond that, brothers and sisters, God bless. Um, yeah.